Good morning, everybody. I know I'm up here again. <laughs> um, it seems like this year is, is a year of surprises. Hold on a second. Yeah, this year is a is a is like it's awesome because I've got two new grandchildren, like one on the thirtieth, Reagan Collette, and then my son. They had their baby just what three days ago. Yeah, uh, and so he was like already almost playing football. He's so big, um, and his name is John William. And so we are just like. They're so cute laying together. It looks like a little tiny potato and then a big giant. But they are so cute. And if you ask me, I'll show you a picture later after service. But, um, yeah, I, like, God is just like, he's exciting, isn't he? Like, he, he loves to surprise us and he loves to do things like that, we, that we're expecting, that maybe we've been expecting for or wanting to do for like a really long time, but... Then all at once, you, it happens, you know, like suddenly. And um, so this morning, uh, I, I'm excited to be here with you. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I, I wanted to just first testify about something that happened about, about three months ago, and that will lead you into what I want to talk about today. But about three months ago, I just felt like one morning when I got up, um, I was on worship that morning, and I just felt like... I just can't do this today. I just can't. And I was like, oh, my gosh. If I, if I call, if I say I can't come, I can't. I just can't. Like, then the whole team, I've got to figure out. You know, it was just, like, really upsetting me that I felt that way. Because when I went to bed, I felt great. Have you ever went to bed feeling great and you wake up on the wrong side and you don't even know what happened during the night? It's like, who came in my room? You know, like, who was there besides me? And my husband, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh. So anyway, um, I just woke up not myself, not not feeling like I could really do what I had committed to do. And so immediately when I went into my office early that morning, I just I just started talking to God. And um, he just started reminding me of the Holy Spirit. And uh, listen, I, I want to tell you the title quickly because it's part of what happened in in my time with him that morning but this morning if you've ever heard spice girls which is a long time ago uh, tell me what you want what you really really want okay do y'all remember that crazy song (laughs) we will not be doing it on the worship set if that's okay with y'all we're just going to, like, not do that to you, but, uh, but yeah, tell me, it, God said that to me, and I was like, really, God, you speak the secular song to speak to me something spiritual? Oh, God, you know, we're just so, like, legalistic sometimes. But anyway, he said to me, yeah, tell me what you want, what you really, really want, because I was more or less just like, oh, I just, oh, yeah, you know, the, the complaining more and the, the whining and the, like, overwhelmed and the, like, oh, the weightiness. And so instead of, like, okay, God, like, okay, you can shine some light on this. You can help me to come out of this. You can, you can do something here. And so when he said that to me, it really kind of woke me up out of that, like, oh, God is right here with me. And he really wants to know what I want. And I said to him, I want to see. 
I want to be able to see you. I want to be able to see in this season of my life where you fit, what you're doing, because I just I don't have what I need. I don't have what it takes in myself to get through this season. And so God just knows what to say to us. And he asks us questions, not because he doesn't know the answer already, but he wants us to think about what we want, you know. And so I just told him I want to see. And out of that, I began to think about, well, how do we see? Because I knew he wasn't talking about my physical eyes. I knew he was talking about the mind's eye and my soul. And I thought, okay, how do I see if I'm not looking with my eyes? And he began to remind me about the Holy Spirit and just that he had given us the Holy Spirit. In fact, I didn't read those earlier, but I want to read those scriptures real quick to you because this, this, these are some of the scriptures that came to me. In John 14, 16 through 17, it says, And I will ask the Father, and, and this is when he was getting ready to leave and he was preparing his disciples. He said, I will, tell, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. In a, a scripture up to sixteen seven, it says, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I go away, then I will send him to you. And so he reminded me of the Holy Spirit that Jesus so graciously gave to us so that we would have the help that we need to walk through each season of our lives and each thing that we go through in those seasons that sometimes cloud our vision. And so um, I started writing this song and I just it was like I wrote this whole song that morning and it was all about who the Holy Spirit is in my life. And we're going to do it for you later. Um, just to give you an idea of just how God was just speaking to me that morning, how good he is when we tell him what we want. He wants us to tell him what we want. Um, this and during this time, just re, uh, over the months, I've re, just come back to, to my statement. I want to see. And I've read these scriptures in Matthew 29, uh, 29 34. And, it's, and this was Jesus. Uh, he was as Jesus and the disciples left the town of Jericho, a large crowd followed behind two blind men were sitting beside the road. When they heard that Jesus was coming that way, they began shouting, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. And I was like, that's how I felt that morning. Like, oh, Lord, I need you. And, and the crowd, of course, they were like, be quiet. And they yelled at them, you know, think about that. Uh, you're you're calling out. From deep inside of you, you can't see. And in that moment, I could not see. I was blinded by, by pain, by fear, by like anxiety, by doubt, by not knowing, not understanding how to survive and to be in the moment. And uh, I felt like these two blind men because I literally could not see what I needed to see. I could see with my physical eyes, but I could not see with my spiritual eyes, and that's where I needed to see. And so as these men uh, called out even louder, (laughs) Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. 
When Jesus heard them, he stopped and called, what do you want me to do for you? And that, I think that was uh, part of, uh, tell me what you want, what you really, really want, uh, that you know, because that is exactly, I mean, it's almost, they probably got that song from the Bible, I bet, and just kind of turned it into what they want. I really think that. Yeah, I just think they, they figured it out and they were like, yeah, I want, you know, tell me what you want. <laughs> I don't really think that, please. Uh, but anyway, it's a, it's a funny thought. So um, they said to him, they didn't say, well, you know, we're blind. They didn't say, oh, we've been sitting here for a long time just waiting for somebody to help us. They didn't go, hey, they were direct. And God wants us to be direct with him. He wants us to just respond to what he asks. He doesn't want us to come up with all these different excuses or ideas or thoughts. But, like, what do you want? What do you really want? And, you know, sometimes that's a challenge because have you ever not known what you wanted? Many times I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I want. I, I can't figure that out. But you know what? If you don't know what you want, say that. We can say that. We can say, I don't know, God. I don't know what I want. I don't know anything right now. I'm really having a hard time. You know, it's okay because God sees what we're going through, and he knows that we are struggling. And he's not, like, offended. You know, he's not judging us. Um, and so these guys immediately said, we want to see. We want to see. And I started thinking about that, and I thought, you know, God, any time that we are struggling with something, it's because we've been blinded. You know, when we are not seeing him exalted and lifted up the way that he should be, you know, we're, we're seeing our circumstances as bigger than God. You know, we are blinded in that moment, and we need to have our eyes opened to what is going on in the spirit realm because we have an enemy. I don't know why, but we... You're probably not like this, but I get surprised sometimes when I'm attacked, (laughs) you know, like when I wake up and I don't want to come to church and lead worship, which is one of my favorite things in the world to do is to worship God. You know, why would I be surprised that the enemy would like to stop what God has raised up in me? So why are any of us surprised that we're being attacked very often in the areas that God has called us? to minister and to uh, sow into other people's lives. You know, why are we so surprised sometimes? We have an enemy. And um, in John, uh, no, it's not John. Hold on just a second. Oh, okay. Uh, This is about, um, it is in John. I have a couple different scriptures in John. So this is John 6, 60 through 71. And the disciples uh, were around Jesus and he was teaching about his body being the bread and uh, the blood, like drinking the, the or eating the bread and drinking the blood. And they took it all like literally instead of spiritually. And um, and so some of them were like really offended. And here's what it says. It says many of the disciples uh said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Accept it? Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining, so he said to them, does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. 
But some of you do not believe me, for Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. Then he said, that is why I said to the people, uh, can't come to me unless my father gives them to me. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. And so whenever we lose sight of who Jesus really is, we will not follow. These people, they were not the the twelve, but they were other disciples that followed Jesus. There were many disciples that followed him. And they decided that we can't follow him because they didn't understand what he was telling them. And so they just went their own way. And that's what happens to us when we are confused by a situation that we might be walking through. When we are not uh, maybe hearing from God the way we want. We've asked him to speak to us in a certain area and we haven't heard him. We start trying to fix things on our own or we start trying to think, well, that's not working. So let me try this other thing. And eventually maybe he'll speak. But in the meantime, I'll just maybe go this way. God is going this way and we're going that way and we can't see. As soon as we turn from him, we become blind. So that's why the scripture says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Because if you do not fix your eyes on him. The enemy will definitely hold things up in front of you and tell you this is the way to go. But there is only one way to go. And, you know, uh, Jesus knows everything that we're thinking. You know, nothing's hidden from him. And sometimes I feel like we try to, uh, you know, hide things. And maybe because we can't face up to, like, what we feel and what we think. But, you know, God, even these people were offended at Jesus, but he is not offended at us. Do you know that we can tell him the dirtiest secrets about ourselves? We can tell him anything. He's not offended because he already knew. We get offended at each other because we don't know, and we're like, oh, really? No way. You know, but God does never gets offended at us. We can tell him our deepest, darkest secrets or our greatest, highest hopes. We can be completely vulnerable because he loves us that much and he's already taken all the judgment and condemnation for us on the cross. And so if you've struggled with what you want, then this morning as I'm talking, I want you to just be thinking about If that question was directly asked to you from God, what do you want? What do you really, really want? And I do believe that some of you will be going home today with a different idea of what you really want. Because sometimes we just don't know. But when we ask the Holy Spirit, show me what I want. He will show us. It might take a little while or it might be immediate. But we keep our eyes fixed and eventually your eyes will be opened and you'll be able to see just like the two blind men. One of my favorite stories 
in, uh, in the Old Testament is when uh, Elijah and Elisha <laughs> uh, were going along together. They were going to different places, ministering and prophesying and doing all the stuff that they did. And um, there was like a group of uh, or prophet, prophets following along behind them at a distance. And then uh, Elijah knew that it was close to his time to go to, to, to go to heaven. And so he he was like he would tell Elisha, uh, you stay right here. I'm just going to go over to like Jericho or somewhere like he would just tell him to stay there. And he was like, no way. I'm not. This is my own words. OK, but, you know, uh, but I, I'm going to go with you. I'm not I'm not leaving you. I'm going with you. And he knew that he was getting ready to go to heaven. So everywhere he he did this to him several times. And every time he told him to stay there, he would he would follow him. And uh, he couldn't get rid of him. And I want to be like that with Jesus. Like, not that Jesus will try to get rid of us, but I don't, I want to just like stick to him like glue. So that every turn he makes, I'm like right there. You know, I'm just like all over him. And every time he stops, I run into him. You know what I'm saying? I just want to be like that little kid that really likes you and they just like fall all over you. I, I just want to be like that with Jesus because I know. If I'm staying close to him, I'm not, I mean, no matter what kind of storm I go through, no matter what, what happens in my life, he's going to be there and he's going to go through it before me. And so I don't need to worry about what tomorrow brings or what tomorrow holds because he's already been through that for me. And, um, you know, I didn't realize how much God liked for me to talk because I was not a talker growing up. I was like, Oh, I didn't finish telling you the story, did I? Okay, let me finish that, and then I'll tell you about me. So anyway, <laughs> see how I get distracted? Okay, uh, so anyway, he, he had done this several times with telling Elisha to stay there. And then um, uh, it came time for him to go to heaven. And so he, he asked Elisha, like, tell me what you want. Again, it's that tell me what you want. For me to give to you before I go to do for you. And what Elisha wanted was he wanted a double portion of Elijah's spirit. And he was like, you've asked a hard thing. And uh, he said, I'll tell you what, if you see me when I go up, you can have what you ask for. And so it's very important if we keep our eyes open to the spirit realm, because if you cannot see it in here, you will not see it up here. You know what you'll see here? You will see just the circumstances, just the physical realm, and we'll never walk anywhere except for what we can see. If we can see the chair, we'll sit in it. But if it's not there, we're not going to, you know, sit down. If Jesus says sit down and rest for a while, we won't sit down because we can't see it. But if we're walking close to him, then he'll keep our eyes open. And when he tells us something that we need or he reminds us of something that we want that maybe we've given up on, then we'll be ready to move when he moves, you know. So we have to keep our spiritual eyes open. So here Elisha looks and the whirlwind, the chariot, the fire, all of that, you know, you know the story. He sees Elijah leave this earth and he goes to heaven. And um, his cloak falls and he grabs it and he is like, 
I can see it. I can see, you know, he could see it. So he knew that if he could see it, he would receive what he saw. So this morning, that's what I want. I want our eyes to be opened to what God has for each one of us, because he's got so much stuff. It's like there's storage units all around Goochland for our stuff that God has for us. And I'm not talking about just like physical things. I'm talking about spiritual things. It's physical too. God doesn't leave anything out, but I know that he's going to have to start renting more storage buildings if we do not open our eyes up to see what God has for us. And I don't want to I don't want to leave anything. I don't want to leave anything like dormant sitting somewhere that God had for me. And I don't want to see any of you leave something that God had for you because all of us has these beautiful gifts and these things that God has created just for us with our personalities. And that leads me to the story I was getting ready to tell you. When I was younger, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't even want to see people because I was so shy and so like intimidated and just afraid of everything. And I would just walk around with my arm over my face and I would run into stuff. I would trip over things. And I would, if somebody came to our house, which was rare, I would hide behind the sofa. I would peep out with my arm up. And, you know, I just felt like I couldn't deal with people. It was hard enough dealing with my family because I had nine brothers and eight brothers and sisters. And um, so we had a lot of people in a house in West Virginia with no shoes. <laughs> And just like, what do we do? I mean, we we were all kind of weird. We were all kind of weird. I have to admit, how many of you have a hole in your kitchen wall where you play with the mice? How many of you can say that? Seriously. And we had these cutest little white mice in our kitchen in the wall. And I would just pull them out and play with them and put them back. Uh, I felt more comfortable with the mice than I did with my family or with anybody else because I just thought I was so weird and different. And uh, but, you know, as time went on, I had to I had to grow up and I had to go to school. And it was really hard for me when I went to school, even though I could read and I could write very well before I started school. I just felt like I wasn't very good at anything. I felt like it was something wrong with me mentally and just issues. And so when I got to school, um, I had to take my arm off my face because I could not see. And so as I took my arm off, I had to figure out something else that I could do that I could cover myself with and still hide from the world. And so I started doing things like um, growing into my own little world. I would just escape and I would sit for hours. Not too many children, six and seven years old, can sit for hours and not move. But I could do that. I would sit and I would just close out everything around me and then I would just be by myself. I would daydream. And I did that through school, especially when I got to the seventh grade, which was the last year I went to school, other than when I went back after I got married at 14 and had my first child. And then I went back to school and got my GED. But I learned how to use other things to comfort myself instead of the Holy Spirit. And I didn't know the Holy Spirit because our family was not Christians. My mother became a Christian, but she was 
almost nonverbal, and um, and she was very sickly. And so I didn't really learn anything about God. I didn't learn anything about, you know, someone who could help me. And my dad was, you know, he was an alcoholic, and he was a very depressed person. When he wasn't drinking, he just would sit for hours. And maybe that's where I picked that up. I don't know. Uh, but he could sit for hours, too, and just not talk, just stare. And um, so I grew up in a really unhealthy environment and, you know, just not having the food most of the time, not having food to eat and not not being able to uh, feel like normal people. Um, and, and this is a story that a lot of you have heard, but I just feel, you know, this is a little different than the first service, but, you know, you're different people here. Um, so you're getting something different. But. When I was eight years old, I went to live with my aunt because my aunt, she, she was like concerned because our family was so poor and everything, my dad's sister. And so she would, she took my sister Phyllis and then she come back later and got me. And, um, they took me to a little soda shop on the way to the house to celebrate me coming to live with them. And, uh, I didn't, I'd never been to a restaurant. I had never been, I mean, I was eight years old. I'd never been anywhere other than just in, in our little family, wherever we lived or whatever, but we never went out to eat or anything. And so, uh, the soda shop, they were like, what would you like to have? And I'm like, I don't know. I've never had anything like this before. The only ice cream I knew about was the snow ice cream that you make. I didn't know there was like, like real stuff, you know? And so they ordered me like this little soda or something and it had a straw. And I literally, I did not know how to drink out of a straw. No, I did not. And this is what was so weird is I didn't know how to do it and I couldn't figure it out. Think about your eight year old. If you could not drink out of a straw, what would you think? And it was because I was so fearful of everything. I was afraid I would make a mistake. I was afraid that I would do something wrong and it wouldn't look right. Or it was just like, oh, it was a mess. And so they had to show me, they laughed and made fun. Not bad. Just, just kind of tried to make it light and everything. And, uh, and so I learned how to drink out of a straw while I lived with her. (laughs) But I'm just saying, it's like, I don't know what your background is. I don't know if you have like this normal life, but how many of us do? Not many people have normal, like what we would call normal. I mean, I think about things being normal, and I'm like, that was normal for me. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't until I got older and got married and started working and started, like, getting out into the world that I realized, oh, that was not a good thing. That was definitely not not normal. <laughs> um, so anyway, it depends, you know, what you grow up in, what your normal is. But normal is not always good. And, um, you know, sexual abuse and uh, just having people just take advantage of me on every turn. It was like my whole life just totally, I would say the word, but y'all know what it is. It stinks. And, you know, and I didn't know how to come out of that. But eventually I got saved when I was about 27. And when I got saved, I had this excitement start coming up in me like this oh it was like something I'd never felt before and I and I thought oh my goodness what's going on here and I started getting into the word and I started reading the promises of God and I started I don't know who I am but I don't think I'm that person that I believed that I was all those years I'm somebody different because God is 
giving me visions and dreams and he's telling me to do things that I've never been able to do and never wanted to do because they scared me so bad. But he was he was just speaking to me and he was talking to me about things. And he what he was done, what he was doing was he was opening my eyes. He was helping me to see in a spirit realm. He was helping me to see things that were not physically there yet. But they were there in the spirit realm for me to grab hold of, which goes a little bit along with what you were talking about earlier. They were there. I just didn't know it. And so my whole life I went through this terrible darkness. And they were already there the whole time. Everything that I needed, everything that Jesus supplied was already there. And so... Since I got saved, he's just, it's been a, a, a journey of my eyes being opened. If you knew, that's why when I say this is not, this is not me standing up here and leading worship in the natural. My dependence is totally on God because I literally become that little girl almost every day of my life in my mind momentarily that flashes back to me. And I have to say, okay, who am I? What do I want? What do I want? I want what God has for me. I want to see him. I want you to see him today. There is nothing too difficult for you. There is nothing or for him. There's nothing that has happened to any one of you that is so bad that he can't bring restoration and healing and wholeness to you. A lot of you know me, so you know a lot of my history and my stories, but probably most of you in here today do not know me that well. And sometimes I still can be that very shy in person. And I just, I just don't know what to do with myself. You know, and I think all of us have those kind of things. And we judge each other. We think, oh, they're probably just not very nice or they're stuck up or well, they might be mean. You know what I'm saying? It's like we have all these things that people can judge us for because they don't know us. But every one of us have our, has our own insecurities and things that we've had to uh, deal with. I've got to get my phone because I'll never know what time to stop. <laughs> um, so anyway, and it is time to stop. <laughs> we we want to eat, right? We're eating spiritual food now, but we're going to eat some real food in there in a minute. So I'm just saying to you, we're going to go to this song, and um, the time just flew by this time. But we're going to go do do the song that God gave me those few months ago to help me and to encourage me um, and to remind me that I needed to see who lives in me, and that's the Holy Spirit. So just, just close your eyes if you want. And um, worship with us. Now, this team has not heard this song before this morning. This, I threw this on them just like that. So it's okay because they did a great job in the first service, and I was just so proud of them, and they're going to do a great job again today. But listen to the words as I get them. <laughs> It's called, You're All I Need.